0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul, and I'm Marshall. And uh, you guys asked for it, so not only did we have Marshall the last episode, we brought him back again for a second one. Of course, Aaron uh, happily at home taking care of babies. And uh, so yeah, Marshall, we got we got the uh, the Owen Nolan stunt double back on the show. <laughs> Indeed, uh, I think uh, he and I go to the same barber. I think is the deal. <laughs> Looking fantastic. Yeah, no, we got a comment in the last episode. Uh, someone saying, "Is that Owen Nolan?" No, that's that's our, our own Marshall. There you go. So um, obviously, a lot to talk about uh, from tonight's game. Before we get to that, we're going to let uh, some people kind of get into the show, and we'll we'll waste that time by talking about the wild game here, and we'll, we'll cruise through this one pretty fast. Uh, the Minnesota Wild game was a six-two loss. Unfortunately, the highlight of this game for Sharks fans, of course, was the uh, the first goal Burns with the chip pass uh, around Brodeen to himself. And then he gives a little uh, forehand, backhand, and then shelves it. Uh, beautiful, beautiful goal. And you can already hear the fan base, Marshall, saying, put Burns at forward. <laughs> I just, I'm curious, man. What's your take on that? Like, do you Are you in that camp? Do you want Burns to try forward again?
1: I don't think he does. I also think he's equally as productive if he's on the back line. I mean, the Sharks have a lot more problems than just taking him and putting up into the forward. Uh, you know, the whole bottom two lines, I think, need to start generating a lot more offense, which maybe you could get a little bit from Burns, but I feel like having him on the back end, you get equally as much production when he's playing well, which certainly was uh, in the wild game and, and tonight.
0: Yeah, by the uh, by the eyeball test, the Sharks had a lot of great scoring chances in that game. Kockenden played really, really well. Uh, there were 15 high-danger chances for, and he stopped 13 of them. Um, of those 15 high-danger chances, that, that that basically made for a 75% High danger chance percent uh, or chance four uh, percent. Meaning two things: ones, the sharks were getting the puck uh, to the net and they were beating the wild system, which is great. Uh, but it was also the sharks' inability to finish. Uh, that was kind of for me. That should be under the microscope just as much as the goaltending, right? So, um, just kind of one of those things where you look at a number and it's a really good number: fifteen high danger chances, and we're dominating. We're not allowing them into you know our zone, doing the same. Uh, but we're not we're not scoring the goal, so it doesn't really matter, right? So again, for me, I feel like it's it's one of those things where it's not just the goaltending uh, that loses you that game. It's the chances that aren't buried uh, by the San Jose Sharks, the forwards, the defense, and everybody else that's um, you know has to shoulder some of that blame as well. And this is a game I thought where Kakanen outplayed the Sharks forwards, uh, where the Wild forwards outplayed the Sharks. Uh, defensive efforts, if you will. And then Martin Jones doesn't really get the help that uh, he he requires. Let's just say that he requires help. Uh, you can't ask this guy to, to make a big save just on his own, unless it's a shootout, obviously. But um, this is a guy that requires help from his team. And when you don't give it to him, uh, this is kind of the result you're going to get. This is, a, again, a 6-2 loss. Uh, and he's just not capable of coming up with those game-altering saves on a regular basis, so you can't really – Uh, expect and trust him to do that unfortunately so we'll move past uh, the game against Minnesota and before we get into the uh, St. Louis Blues game I did want to bring up one thing here with Hurdle Um, obviously uh, not in tonight's game because of COVID protocol Uh, that is correct so Hurdle uh, apparently got COVID um, and so he's going to be out for 14 days uh, which is horrible horrible news for the Sharks that are already not a very deep team losing essentially their number two center um, it's it's just really really bad news for the sharks, and we saw it tonight uh, in the faceoff dot the, the sharks were feeling it. They were getting killed against the St. Louis Blues. There they've got two very good centermen in Shen and in uh, O'Reilly, and not having a hurdle in the lineup that basically leaves Couture. and then your next guy in line was Gambrell, uh, who is not exactly a veteran in this league taking faceoffs against guys like O'Reilly and Shen. So, um, obviously, Hurdle's going to be missed for those 14 days, and today was the first of those. Um, So, yeah, just not really looking forward to the next uh, few games worth of face-off losses. It's not going to be good. Um, But, you know, for me, it was kind of a a case of this, like, here we go again, right? You've got uh, Shimmick out, Carlson was out, uh, Gambro was out, Dubnik was out, Hurdle now. Um, Not not for this game. I'm just saying over the course of the season, we've had injuries right? Lots and lots of them. We just can't seem to catch a break, but it seems like the young replacements are really stepping up to the plate. Uh, they're, they're doing kind of the best job that they can. They're performing admirably. Would you at least say that? Certainly, they're, they're performing admirably. Uh,
1: it's unfortunate. Yeah, with Tomash being out for uh, 13 more days, if, if you don't count today. Uh, also, unfortunately, he's on my fantasy hockey team, so uh, I drew the short straw there and just given how COVID protocol works, just the way COVID, uh, if I don't know if Tomas actually even Paul, you might uh, have seen more nighted. Did. I didn't know that he, he got actually confirmed that he had it or not. I think he was it was exposed, and then they said, Hey, you got to do the full 14. Maybe he did actually test positive, but you worry the next couple of days, yeah, you keep testing the last couple of days, nobody else popped positive, but you never know. Next couple of days, you still uh, are within the window of the possibility that you might have more people on the sharks sitting out for. Um, that full 14 day protocol. So hopefully it just ends up being him and hopefully um, the young guns or uh, young guys on the team can continue to at least fill a little bit of the holes that uh, he leaves and others.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, of course they're just doing everything uh, precautionary. So the, again, that 14 days uh, keeping everybody else healthy. Now the last that I've heard, no one else has tested positive on the Sharks roster. So uh, hopefully that bodes well. Uh, for the future for the for the rest of the team, I would hate to have more guys sitting out, one because I enjoy watching my team play, but also because we can't sustain more people being out of the roster right now uh, than are we're already out of it and we've got some guys back, but um, to have another hit would just be um, I mean as if this season isn't really going the way any that way any of us want it to go anyway right? doesn't just, just <laughs> be another uh, punch to the gut. Um, so one of the notes here for the uh, the game here that was uh, tonight against St. Louis. Uh, actually, it was a, a note that you put in there, and I didn't write it down. So I'm going to let you go ahead and take this all to yourself. The Heritage jerseys were on display tonight.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, going back to the Cal Palace days, uh, was at 92. Uh, I think I was at one or two of those games as a young kid. I uh, kind of brought back some good numbers. I actually thought the jerseys looked uh, looked actually pretty good. I was like, these, you could you could wear these in today's league. I feel like they, they uh, have held up well. I don't know what you felt about it, though, Paul.
0: Yeah, no, I liked them. Um, I liked them a lot. I think they uh, they looked really sharp. You know, I wasn't a huge fan um, of the, the piping that goes around the bottom, right? Mm. Um, not necessarily for this jersey, but just in general, I don't really care for that look as much. But, um, you know, again, it being a throwback and it being, you know, reminiscent of those days in the Cow Palace, you know, again, where, um, you know, they had that design on there. I thought they did a really nice job kind of just bringing the whole thing back um and of course the sh- the shoulder patches aaron's a huge fan of the shoulder patches the the circle with the fin uh, and the water and everything Um uh, so having all that kind of come back i thought that was uh it was really cool to see um and yeah it definitely brings back some some really good memories from you know the early days where the sharks were just absolutely terrible and uh you know they're kind of carrying on that tradition this season uh for the most part so um why not wear them tonight, right? So there you go. Um, Paul, did you get did you get a chance? Sorry to cut you off. Did you no. get a chance to go to any of the Cal Palace games back in the day? Yeah, I certainly did. Uh, I can't say that I remember any of them like to a T because I was you know pretty young at that point in time. Uh, but I, I do remember going with my dad, uh, him taking me, and I I remember the smell. Of course, we've talked about this before on the show. Um, you know, when we were uh, talking like uh, some of our our old time memories in the show, that kind of thing. So. Uh, I remember Aaron had said that, you know, his his dad would uh, uh, the, basically the smell of of, of the uh, the arena of uh, beers everywhere and whatnot. And he was obviously very young, but he wasn't drinking it. But like, you know, that just that kind of whole atmosphere and like the guys in front that were booing the Sharks and Aaron was too young going, why would you boo your own team? Um, you know, welcome to fandom, I guess. Right. So, um, yeah, no, it definitely it brings back kind of a lot of like the early years, you know, like the the Kelly Kissio and uh, Jeff Friesen and all the those uh, younger guys, or not younger really, but I mean all those guys that were from the original rosters and whatnot. Um, you know, Haywood and just uh, yeah, all those guys. It, it, was, it was really nice to see that because it kind of brings back all those memories. At least, at least for me, that's that's kind of what it did. It seems like it did the same for you. That kind of nostalgia, for sure. Uh,
1: and a fun fact uh, for for me, later in life, I picked up playing hockey as a as an adult, and the league I played in. For the one season, there was the ECHL San Francisco Bulls that played back at the Cow Palace. What was that? Seven, eight years ago. Uh, we got to play on that ice uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times with the big uh, uh, scoreboard over the head and everything else. And we had about the same number of fans the Sharks had in a couple of the early games, like three people uh, cheering us on uh, in the Cow Palace. So I got to get the uh, maybe a little bit more of what
0: the original experience would have been like. Yeah, very good. Okay, so... St. Louis Blues game tonight. Um, Shimmick back in the lineup, which was awesome. Uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't really expecting him to be back, uh, I guess. I don't want to say I want to say right away necessarily, but the Vegas game didn't seem like that long ago. And if the Vegas game that got canceled previous to the St. Louis game had occurred, I feel like he would have been able to play in that one. And gosh, for, for me, I would have really liked to see the reaction to March Um, by Shimmick in that game, you know, because Marshall's a forward, Shimmick's a defenseman, they're bound to meet up, right? So um, I would have really liked to see him kind of uh, stand up for himself and and take one back at at Marshall there. But um, obviously that game got postponed. Nice to see Shimmick back in the lineup. Um, Of course, there's another huge name that came back to the lineup uh, this game as well, Dylan Gambrell. (laughs) You, you thought, oh, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, so Gambrell and Schmielski, actually, both of them slotted in. Gambrell came off the injury. Uh, Steph Nason, he got cleared from waivers. So they actually put him on waivers uh, to put him back on the taxi squad. And when he cleared, they took uh, Curtis Gabriel, put him on the Barracuda, who I believe played earlier today. I think it was like 5 o'clock. Um, so he probably got some reps in with the uh, San Jose Barracuda while Steph Nason uh, essentially sat on the taxi squad. Uh, that essentially allowed for um, Sasha to jump in and you know slot into the lineup. Uh, and then, of course, Gambrell uh, was off the injury. So instead of centering the third line this time, he's kind of got bumped to the second line now. I think Patrick Marleau was centering the third, uh, which put Sasha in as the fourth line center. So um, lots of shuffling kind of going on there. I wonder how much the chemistry uh, maybe hurt a little bit just because the guys aren't really used to each other. So uh, we'll, we'll see kind of going forward uh, how they kind of start to gel more because, again, Hurdle's going to be out for 14 days. Um, thankfully not 14 games, but, uh, you know, still a two-week stretch. Uh, that's a lot of time. So hopefully these guys can kind of gel and mesh a little bit better. And when Hurdle comes back, they kind of just fall right back into place. But uh, you, you just never know in terms of chemistry how that's all going to kind of shake out and work out. But, of course, the guy I was teasing you about, Eric Carlson, back in the lineup, his third groin Marshall has healed, according to him. So uh, there's that. What are what are your thoughts on the third groin? We talked a little bit about this last time.
1: Oh, I mean, certainly he looked. I thought he looked pretty good tonight. I mean, moving well, skating well, and there were a couple of um, you know long rushes where he was coming out from back behind our, our own net and showed some pretty good accelerations. So actually, uh, if he made the right call, I think the Quote from him was that he is trying to, or he was trying to call a groin injury early instead of playing through it, so that you don't have a longer you know time on on the bench. And mm-hmm. it seems like that, at least with one game's evidence, even though he didn't get the the win tonight, it seemed like it you know paid some dividends. I thought he looked pretty good actually this evening.
0: Yeah, I thought he looked good too. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny in a game where the Sharks score six goals, he didn't have a point. Um, and it's weird to say that a, a guy played well when the team scores six and you don't have anything uh, mm-hmm. to show for it. But, I know, I thought I thought absolutely the same thing. He had some really good puck movement. Um, he was, looked like he was skating well. Even defensively, his stick looked okay at times. Um, I, and I know you should be asking for a lot more from a guy that's making $11.5 million a year than his stick looked okay defensively. But, um, you know, all in all, for his first game back, I, I felt he looked – Good. He looked okay. Um, I I was really expecting him to go out there and maybe be a little more tender with his skating Mm -hmm. um, and limit his time, his minutes, and everything else. But it seemed like he was going out there and he was just going full bore. So, um, you know, kudos to him. And if he's actually uh, feeling better, then, you know, that's a great thing. Real quick, um, I just want to point out, uh, Super Producer Jason just put on the screen, tip us on Venmo at The Fin Factor. We are on Venmo now uh, for anybody who... Uh, wanted to donate to the show but didn't like you know the evil empire getting a cut of that then uh, you can go ahead and use venmo now we set that up because you guys asked for it so uh there you go Uh, tip us on venmo at the fin factor hopefully uh super producer jason is uh, keeping an eye out on that one if you guys ask a question maybe we can get to it uh yes the this way the more you know there you go uh so in any case uh the sharks looked dominant in the first period to me uh they were out shooting the blues Uh, fairly heavily I thought and there were stretches where the Blues just could not get out of their own zone so I was very impressed uh with the Sharks first period unfortunately that was about the only period I was really impressed with uh but Timo scores on the first shot of the game you know it's uh it's a lucky bounce yes because it goes off of a defenseman and and kind of trickles in at the same time that play was created by really good pressure by balsers Um, And he helps turn the puck over and Timo gets the puck and doesn't think about it. He just fires the puck on net, something he does later on in the game as well. And it results in a goal. Now, yes. Is it a lucky bounce? Absolutely. It totally was a lucky bounce, but that play doesn't get generated without the hard work, without the hustle. And that luck comes from that hustle. Right. So uh, good to see the guys doing the right things to get the puck turned over, to pressure the defense. I've talked about this even when we were in the, uh, I think it was uh, Colorado, we were playing against Colorado in playoff series, I think it was the, two years ago, where you all saying you have to pressure, pressure, pressure. You got to get on top of these young defensemen and make them turn the puck over. And even in uh, the regular season game that we played against Colorado, I was saying the same thing pressure those defensemen. It seemed like tonight there were times where they were pressuring really hard, especially in that first period, and they, the Blues just could not get out of their own zone.
1: Yeah. I mean I think the, the impact of that's not only, you know, pressuring the initial defenseman with the puck, but then I think it was Krug who the shot went off of when Timo takes on that f- first goal. And, you know, Krug's not in the position he's in if you aren't pressuring as high and as fast and as hard as they are in that, you know, early moment in the game. And I think that's always gonna pay dividends if you're able to do it.
0: Excellent point. I love that. Uh, so from there, it kind of starts ping-ponging, right? So Scandello with a point shot makes it 1-1. Kane makes it 2-1 with a power play goal. Uh, Burns had a great shot from the point, and it kind of rebounds, gets kicked out. Uh, I think, I, I can't remember who it was initially in front of the net, but it ended up going out to Couture, who tried to shoot it, and then it, it kind of flowed, bounced off of a skate, popped out. Kane was there, Johnny on the spot, and then sneaks one past uh, Jordan Bennington. Uh, who is at this point in the game still in the net. We'll get to that later. Uh, But yeah, no, it was just, uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, they fire the puck at the net, they crash it. And you had three sharks all in the paint, that area, right in the slot. And all of them were just ready to pounce on top of this puck, no matter which way the puck squirted out. And it came out to Kane and he, uh, he fired it home. Good on him. From there, again things just continue to unravel right so uh blaze uh sammy blaze scores on a defensive turnover it's unfortunate and there was really no chance for dubnik on this one a 2-2 game and then right after that timo snipes one past bennington makes it three to two uh that being his second of the night and gambrell uh completely blinded bennington on this goal this is one where again timo grabs the puck and skates in he drives right He goes towards the net where as before I've been critical of Timo kind of taking the puck and skirting around the outsides. He brought that puck, like he was going to freight train it towards the middle. And I think that backed the the defenseman off a little bit. And then Gambrell is standing right in front of Bennington. Like literally when they showed the camera angle of the shot, you see Bennington's arms on either side and just Gambrell right in the middle. Right. Um, So he was completely blind to the shot. And that's exactly what you need to do against a good goaltender like Jordan Bennington. So, Kudos on Gambrell for being in the right spot at the runtime time and kudos on Timo for taking the shot and going towards the net as opposed to kind of, you know, floundering around the outside and looking to make a play. Um, he works best when he's being aggressive and it showed in this one right here. What'd you think about that goal? Actually?
1: it's a s- sweet shot. Obviously Bennington not being able to see it makes you look a lot better than it might've been if he had a you know, full visibility coming in. I mean, I think ironically, given the score tonight, I thought actually some of the, you know, sharks looked as good as they had uh, all season, Timo being, you know, one of the players who actually looked pretty good as wheels going was sort of driving hard, more power forward esque and looking to put the puck on the net pretty, pretty quickly. Every time he had the puck um, in the ozone. And um, I was hoping he would have gotten the Hattie him and uh, Kane at some point.
0: Yeah. So both uh, Timo and Kane ended up with two goals uh, over the course of this game. Um, In fact, so right after that goal by Timo against Shen scores immediately after making it three to three. And then Kane comes back again, making it four to three with the second of the night. Uh, So both Timo and Kane at this point in the game have two goals apiece. Uh, Nobody else has done really much of anything else, except for, again, good skating, good pressure and whatnot. But in terms of uh, goals on the board, all four of them are split between two players. So you'd like to see that kind of get mixed up just a little bit more. But again, good to see Kane and especially Timo kind of getting off Um, I don't want to say off the schneid necessarily, but he hasn't looked very good all season. And I've certainly been critical of him. Um, So good to see him kind of put a couple goals up uh, in a game that was, you know, a a barn burner really. I mean, it was just, it was so much scoring. I couldn't even keep up. I was trying to tweet and it was just like the next goal happened. Okay, fine. Forget it. Um, So again, we've got, uh, yeah, Kane uh, gets it four to three. Uh, He wins the puck with a defensive zone turnover and with hustle. We talked about this last uh, episode, right? where the legs, get those legs moving, get them churning and burning, right? So that's how Kane ends up taking this puck, is he kind of sticks with it and uh, ran around the blue line there, gets the puck out, neutral zone, squirts out a little bit, and he starts moving those legs, and he's chugging. And he ends up going one-on-one with a defender, and he just absolutely uh, snipes this thing past Bennington. Now, I'm not sure if there was a bit of a screen, uh, whoever the defender was, but that was a very savable puck. And uh, Bennington just was not ready for it. I guess is the only way I can think about it is he just wasn't ready because I can't imagine that the defender was that much in his eyes that he just couldn't see the shot. So um, that is the shot that puts Huso in net, and we get this great exchange between Bennington and three San Jose Sharks. Um, so <laughs> you get—I'm not sure exactly what was said or how it happened, how it started. But you've got as far back as Bennington skating towards his bench, curling back towards the Sharks bench, bumping into Shimmick and shoving him. I don't know if Shimmick said anything, but Shimmick doesn't seem like the type that would kind of smack talk, especially to the opposing team's goalie um, during like a break. You know, I I just I don't I don't see Shimmick as that kind of guy. So I'm really curious what was going on there uh, to kind of start that off. But anyway, Shimmick gets shoved. By bennington bennington turns and skates like he's going to be skiing off the ice and he passes up eric carlson on the way past eric carlson he gives them the blocker shoved to the face but it never connected he just kind of like flinched him you know just to see if carlson would just kind of you know duck or whatever and carlson did of course there's a you know those blockers are rough dude if you've ever been hit by a blocker that is not fun so uh when bennington goes like this you know of course carlson flinches so I think Carl uh, Bennington looks back at him as he's skating away and has, you know, something to say about it. And then here comes six, 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 seven, uh, Devin Dubnik saying, why don't you try that on me? Um, and I thought we were going to see the goalie fight, man. I was really excited. I thought they're going to drop the gloves and have a go. You know, what did you, did you think that was going to happen? What'd you think uh, of the whole situation?
1: I mean, they uh, goal goalie, Donny Brook. I'll take that any day of the week. Uh, I think on the live feed from the, the, TV, you only saw the goalie part at the end. I was like, "How, how did they even come together?" It was kind of I had to go back and look at the replay. And you played uh, played it back well, Paul. I think um, I don't know. If Bennington was trying to spark the team. Uh, maybe he's just he's still a relatively young kid and annoyed he's getting yanked or something. But maybe he was just trying to get his his team going because that seems like a pretty bizarre thing for most goalies to do. Not to mention, it didn't seem that chippy of a uh, contests so far other than the goalies getting shelled. Uh, (laughs) it wasn't a lot of, a lot of stuff going around that was too physical. And then it kind of got a little, you know, a little bit more chippy from there, but, um, yeah, sort of a bizarre uh, way to exit the building.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, but, but, but a fun way to exit the building if you're a Sharks fan, I I mean, if you're going to exit
1: the building, you might as well get your money's worth if you're (laughs) winning. So I appreciate the,
0: appreciate that. (laughs) absolutely yeah no and, and i saw on twitter a, a blues fan was was actually kind of bragging about it he was uh he was, he was saying he was some gif i can't remember what, it, what it's from what the reference is but he was like bennington leaving tonight like this and it was this guy that was just walking to the people and just like slap and he turned and walked somebody else slap, and just like <laughs> yeah that's hilarious but at the same time man did we get to that goaltender this is a guy who's supposed to have ice in his veins right you know he, the the famous line when he was talking to the reporter and the reporter was like hey are you nervous and he's like do I look nervous? Well, there you go. You know, and it's, it's like, well, tonight buddy, you, you seem to lose that cool. I don't know if this is a normal thing. Cause I don't watch St. Louis all the time, but Holy smokes, man. And for, for him to kind of go off and try to hit three different sharks on the way off the ice, uh, they must've really got under his skin. So, uh, basically the ref step in before Dubnyk can murder, uh, Bennington, right. <laughs> so, uh, good on the refs for, uh, saving the bloodshed there. Uh, but this is for, for me, um, this is one where I hear coach Bob Boogner like weeks ago saying, um, or oh, a week ago, whenever it was that Schimmick got hurt, um, you know, we got to stand up for each other. We, we got to be good teammates, both off the ice and on the ice, right? We have to, we have to play as a team, um, you know, standing up for each other. And I think this is exactly what happened. I mean, this is down to the net Now this mentality of being able to stick up for each other and whatnot. So I think that this, this group is a little bit more closely knit than I, than people are going to give it credit for. And I feel like Bob has kind of helped instill that in this group, because again, um, it was one guy after another had something to say to Bennington as he was leaving the ice and it ended up with, again, the goaltender in Dubnik uh, kind of giving him what for, gave him a little shove there. And he was, I mean, you could see him. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, man, let's do it. You know? So, um, you know, good on, good on him. It's nice to see that they're kind of standing up for each other. So uh, I'm definitely happy to see that. And uh, I'm looking forward to more of that, not necessarily the fighting, but uh, the, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the, uh, again, standing up for each other. So uh, take that however you will. Um, I did read Craig Berube's uh, lips uh, during one of the penalty calls here. And he said, they've had four effing power plays. We've had none. Um, and for me, my first reaction was, yeah, it's about time. <laughs> you know, uh, the last time we played them, I think feel like we got the shaft in terms of the power plays. Um, you know, St. Louis had the, the vast majority of them and we didn't really have any. I think maybe we had one. Um, but so tonight he complained about that. And right after he complained about that, it was five on four. And I think his last name is Mikula, Um, closes his hand on the puck and makes a makes it a five on three for the San Jose Sharks. So he gets a penalty for that. Um, I mean, maybe he saved a goal and that's great, but then you put your team down a man as well, an extra man as well. So I'm not sure that the coach would be too happy with that action at the same time. I mean, there was nobody right blocking that, uh, that goal. Cause I think it was a uh, at this point was, was already out of position. And, uh, I think he basically saved a goal. So kind of up in the air, if you're happy or sad about that one, uh, if you're a blues fan, really, but, um, Essentially, right after that, uh, Craig Berube's words kind of permeate into the ref's uh, head and Carlson gets called for a hook, which was the worst hook I've ever seen. He had one hand on the stick that was going kind of across the legs, maybe the waist, and it wasn't even like he was hooking him. He just kind of had a stick out trying to get to the puck, and that was it. O'Reilly was the guy that was carrying the puck. O'Reilly is not a weak skater by any means. He didn't dress it up at all. He didn't there was no embellishment or anything like that. So it's not like they saw something that, you know, that wasn't actually the case and they were like, "Oh, that's a penalty." Um and O'Reilly pushed Eric our, our Carlson off the puck anyway. So it was like the body contact went against Carlson too. I'm not sure what was going on there in terms of that call, but Carlson did and he said <laughs> Uh, over the mic, you could hear it. Uh, he said, that's a makeup call. <laughs> so over the arena PA, you hear He's going, okay, uh, number 65, two minutes for hooking. And then you hear, that's a makeup call. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. What would you think?
1: Well, that's one of the nice, uh, if you want to call it, silver linings of maybe not having fans in the arenas. I feel like there's been lots of things that have been picked up on hot mics or just you can hear things during the state of play if you don't have uh, any music or the you know fan noise in the background. So that's always good to see. Uh, in any game, uh, you know, I'll go back to the Mikula putting his hand on the puck. I actually thought they miscalled it, not the penalty itself, but it should have been a penalty shot because he was in the crease when he, I mean, it was right on the line. I'm surprised they didn't just put a penalty shot, uh, and Sharks could have maybe put one uh, in the back of net there um, so he wouldn't even gotten to the makeup call. But is what it is. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. Not not really a hook by any standard that I've seen the league uh, hold. Uh to over the years and we got the makeup call, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no, uh, and I kind of agree with you. I mean, his, his body was definitely in the blue. I'm not sure if the puck was or wasn't necessarily and I'm sure that it's where the puck is. So maybe the ref saw something that we didn't on on the uh, on the broadcast. I, mean,
1: I, I don't know what the rule is, but I think the he was right on the his hand and the puck were right on the line. So I don't know if they you know, give it the benefit of the doubt. It's got to be fully in, just like if it's got to cross fully, you know, into the net for it to be goal. But yeah, it's uh, frustrating to see that. I thought that would, should have been a uh, penalty shot at
0: least. Well, if you give him a penalty shot, then how can you make the uh, the makeup call seconds later, right? Fair, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> so uh, right after that, and to end the period. Sanford finds a hole in Dubnik. It's now four to four Uh, immediately before this goal uh, Dubnik had a beautiful flying poke check uh, to save a breakaway goal. And this is one where they chip the puck in uh, right around uh, Kineshav and whoever it was grabs the puck skates in and it's just him and Dubnik and Dubnik just, I mean, he sells out. He just full on lays out, throws the stick out there, gets a stick on, on the puck and it goes flying. It was spectacular to watch. It was just so unfortunate that seconds later uh, they, they they bury one on him, you know. So um, he saves a big one, but then kind of lets one in. And it was one where he he had his leg up against the post and they just found a hole. So uh, I'm not sure even how that one in exactly because I couldn't see it during the replay. But, uh, you know, it's it's really too bad. You come up with a really huge save and then you kind of let one squeak by where you, you you're you in position. You're sealing the post Maybe he went five hole and I didn't see, but uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, man, just like the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows and how appropriate for this game. Right. So um, right after that, that's the end of the period, right? Third period comes out. Now, if we take a look at the second period, I'm sorry, the, the first period we ended uh, up by a goal. Second period, we end the, uh, the period tied four four. And you're thinking there's probably not going to be that much more scoring wrong. Um, so <laughs> it's, so we're tied at four, and the sharks start on the power play, which is good, right? Carlson gets tripped. We got a two-minute power play to start the period. Life is great. Again, wrong. Uh, immediately uh, after that, uh, the the sharks give up a shorthanded goal. So it's five-four uh, Blues now. The sharks are still on the power play. I mean, I'm just at this point, I'm just going, man. This this team, like, what do you do? This team just, you know, they can't catch a break. Anything that they try to do right, they end up flubbing it and doing it wrong. It's just, it's so frustrating to watch. Um, and you really thought that, hey, this could be kind of where the Sharks can kind of regain because it, it had gone, they were up a goal and then tied, up a goal, tied, up a goal, tied. And it was like that all the way till it was 4-4. And then when it's 5-4, Blues, that's for me, that was like, okay, they finally took the lead once. I feel like this is kind of where it's it's been back and forth. This is going to continue going back and forth and either we're going to make it to overtime or we're going to lose this game. Um, I don't know if you got the same sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of an entertaining game regardless. Um, You know, I thought the Sharks just, I mean, take it in the first two periods or even the whole thing. I mean, I thought they kind of had the better balance of play in general. And I don't know that St. Louis was necessarily creating as much on their own as opposed to the Sharks. uh, LeBanc twice over a couple others just making a couple of either uh, unfortunate plays or ill-time decisions that, you know, turn around and come back to, to bite you. And then, you know, we can't get the goaltending unfortunately from, I didn't think Dubnik was actually all that bad because some of the stuff he couldn't control either, but um, you know, seven goals in the back of the net, obviously goaltending is a bit of a problem.
0: Yeah, no. And uh, you know, I'm kind of with you there. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of it. He played, he played really, really well. There were a lot of big stops that he made. Uh, there were also a lot of defensive turnovers in our own zone that ended up right in a high danger scoring area or off of a one-timer or, or a tip or something or, or anything else. It's like there's so many different things that happen that it's hard for me to just point at goaltending the whole time. But, again, seven goals go in. You're looking for your goaltender to make a big save. Now, again, he's made a few of them. It could have been 10-5 to five tonight uh, but or 10-6, I'd rather. But, you know – God seven go in guys. Either either there's a humongous problem with the defense, or or the goaltending is just horrible, or it's a combination of the both happening like more often than you'd like to see. But I mean, at some point, man, there's got to be an end to this, you know. So you would like to see some improvement. It just seems like when one is doing well, uh, goaltending, the other defense, uh, team defense, is not doing well. When one is doing well, team defense, the goaltending is not doing well right so it's just there, there's no there's no magical like convergence of them playing well at the same time either they're both bad or one's bad and it's causing us the game you know uh which is just really unfortunate but after the shorthanded goal the sharks finish the power play and like seconds after the power play expires kevin Lebank takes a hit to make a play uh gets the puck uh moving on the boards two blues players go converge on him and the puck kind of squirts out. So Timo picks up the puck, moves it down low to Leonard, and as Leonard's got the puck behind the net, Lebanc gets freed up off the board, skates right into uh, that crease area, and gets a, a nice one-timer off, scores a goal. So now it's five to five. Uh, shortly after that, oh my goodness, all you're gonna hear is me saying "shortly after that" because it just all, everything happened in such rapid succession. Uh, There's another defensive zone turnover and shot rebound, score six-five Blues, and it's like. How's your heart rate? Sharks territory, right? So, um, yeah, it it was just one of those games where it's fun to watch, but I can't take this anymore, Marshall.
1: Yeah, uh, frustrating. I mean, LeBanc uh, getting the goal right beforehand, and then I think that same sequence, he was back on the ice, and uh, you and I have not talked about LeBanc a lot uh, in my short couple of episodes on the Fin Factor, but I'm not a big fan of his... Uh, mainly mental game. I don't think he thinks the game very well. Uh, he's got a great shot and a couple of things that are good skill sets, but um, today was a or tonight was a classic example of, you know, he put one in the back of the net, but actually two of the goals and the one you're talking about, he was on the boards, puts it right in the middle of the uh, in in the defensive end, puts it right up the middle, uh, and then that turns it over, turns over and then bang, bang, and it's in the back of the net for us. So just sort of bonehead play as, as opposed to putting up the boards, and um, I think we see too many uh, too many times that that happens with particularly LeBanc and some other of the more uh, junior folks on the Sharks.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Definitely LeBanc, more the offensively minded, and certainly could work on his two way game. Um, and and you're right with the younger guys, but on the younger guys, I kind of give him a pass. With LeBanc, I kind of don't because you know he, he had said, "I'm I'm I'm taking this one million dollar contract. and I'm going to show everybody that I'm worth it." And they didn't show everybody that you're worth it, and then you got paid four million dollars and you haven't really <laughs> shown anybody that you're worth it yet. So um, I, I definitely like to see him step up a little bit more. He's supposed to be the power play specialist. And uh, the last game that we talked about, uh, he didn't really do anything on the power play either. So um, not a whole lot of good coming out of the Kevin LeBanc uh, fan club right now. So uh, there's that. Uh, again, right after that, uh, the Burns uh, had a shot past the Couture, tips it in over Huso. The game now becomes 6-6. Six to six. Uh, the turnover in the defensive zone again. I believe it was a turnover. I didn't. I didn't get to watch the replay on this one. I saw it just once, and it looked like uh, the Sharks had turned the puck over. I know the puck went down low behind the boards. Uh, or sorry, behind uh, the the crease behind the net um, in the corner, and then the puck got passed out, and it was just another bang bang play. So um, yeah, Scandola had scored again. He was I think it was his second on the night. Now it's seven to six Blues. You know, and the game ends up seven six, and the Sharks lose in regulation which is horrible right in a game where you score six goals you would like to come out with at least a point um even if you lose it in overtime or in the shootout but you know to lose it seven six in regulation um that's kind of twisting the knife uh, a little bit more than the sharks fans uh, would really want and there was a tweet that i sent and uh, i was in the middle of all the scoring i said dear san jose sharks what is going on and that's kind of how i felt pretty much the entire third period second and third period really it was just just constantly back and forth. And to to have us uh, lose that game by a goal uh, after scoring six and not get anything to show for it, um, it was just really disheartening. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask Bob Booner, but I didn't get a chance to because uh, somebody else kind of asked a similar question and then I had to stop uh, the meeting to get back onto this one here, was um, why stick with Dubnik? And I see people in the chat over here, um, I, I saw a couple questions, uh, maybe like 20 minutes ago <laughs> saying, seriously, though, why not pull uh, Dubnik after the second period? And I'm kind of in that boat. Like, I don't know why Bob didn't pull him, uh, especially when afterwards he's been sitting on the meeting talking about, you know, you'd like to see a save. It's 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 hard to win a game when every time you score a goal, they score a goal right back. Well, if your confidence in your goal center is that shook, why not pull him? So I, I don't understand what the mentality was behind that and it's not that I, I want to question his coaching necessarily. it's that I just literally want to get an understanding for the mentality for what's going on, not to be judgmental, but just to to gain an understanding of it. Um, and the only thing that I heard from Bob in in the post game um, was essentially that they've got a long stretch of games and that you know to wear out to bring Martin Jones in to finish the game off because you, you really need to have both goaltenders. You know, in good shape and and rested and everything else, and I'm thinking one period, one period for Martin Jones is not going to kill him. Um, he's played several games in a row. Think back to last season when Dell was on the team. Dell didn't get that many games. It was all Martin Jones, right? For the past couple of years, you take a look at the the goalies' games played since Martin Jones was a starter for San Jose. He has the most games played, and who has the third most? I think it was Devin Dubnik. So we have guys that can play lots and lots of minutes, maybe not to everyone's expectations, but they're at least used to, to soaking up the minutes. So to have Martin Jones go in for a single period in replacement and say that you didn't do it necessarily because you're worried about games that are to come and you want them to be well-rested, I, I again, I don't understand that. So um, I'm kind of interested in not just your thoughts, but the, the folks that are in the chat here, and, um, in fact, why don't we do this? Why don't we do a roll call right now? Um, and just kind of say, Hey, uh, what, you know, where are you from? Uh, how you, you, uh, came to know us. And, uh, if you can tell me just kind of your thoughts on sticking with Dubnik, maybe we can get a couple of bits of conversation going there. That'd be cool. In fact, um, totally not on that subject. I did want to call out something <laughs> Malton in Montreal. Yes, I do see, uh, your comments here, Malton, and I'm not ignoring you. I'm not the type to shy away from criticism. Uh, he says, hey, glass half full. Carlson has beautiful hair, <laughs> hey, buddy. Thank you for looking at the bright side. That's how I do it. I always look at the bright side. So, I, you know, I love your enthusiasm. I know it's sarcastic and misplaced, but uh, I'm going to take it and pretend that you actually meant that. So thank you very much. He does have wonderful flowing locks. So, um, Marshall, give me your thoughts on sticking with Dubnik and beyond that, uh, Carlson's. Uh, beautiful hair. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I'm not sure Budner would say it out loud, even if he was thinking it uh, could be the schedule. And uh, that's probably a, a valid uh, reason to a degree. I imagine it's also him thinking that I'm not sure you're going to get much different results from putting Jones in there after Dibnick, uh has given up. Um, what was it four before you get into the, the third? Um, you know, I think it was going to be a little bit more of the same. So if you want to stick with, the one you got and you make it clean and let them go the whole way at the same time. Also, I like, it's a, I didn't think the Dubnik gave up a bunch of, there's a couple I'm sure he could have gotten back. I didn't think he gave up too many that were, um, uh, or that uh, anything I can think of that would have been easily saved. I mean, most stuff that looked like it could have been easy save was usually a deflection. Uh, after they did the replay, as for Carlson's hair, as someone who can't uh, grow hair to the degree he can, I certainly can appreciate uh, the locks and the Count of Monte Cristo mustache. Uh, he is an impressively um, he's an impressive man. He's got uh, he's got a lot of good things going for him aside from his three groins.
0: Hey, man, if you've got three groins, that's you got something going for you right there. Let me tell you. Uh, but no, no, I, I again, I love I love the locks. And uh, yeah, know maybe yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, he didn't let in uh, a bunch of soft goals. I didn't feel um, I felt like he let in some goals that were, you know, the, the product of turnovers, the product of, um, you know, just letting a guy basically just kind of skate in and tap it. You know, that's I, I didn't I didn't like the the defensive play. Uh, at, at many points tonight. I don't want to say throughout the night necessarily, although, again, seven goals went in. Um, but I think there are was, there was, there high points uh, all throughout the game for both the goaltending and for the defense and, of course, for the offense. Yeah. The problem is that it's, it's only at points. It's not a consistent level of play. And a consistency, see, I, I kind of hate this because everyone always talks about, oh, they're not consistent. Well, that's the goal. The whole goal is to be consistent, right? If you can be an elite player... Consistently, then you are an elite player in the NHL. You might be an elite player in any other league, but you're not going to be consistent at the NHL level, and therefore you're kind of like that middling prospect type guy. I mean, you're not going to be a guy that people look at and go, "Wow, he's amazing." You know, you look at at Alex Ovechkin; people would say he's a consistent goal scorer. Lies. The guy scores hat tricks all the time, and he scores 50 goals. By I mean, if you just do the math, yeah, he scores a hat trick in a couple games. That means he goes for a long stretch and doesn't score a single goal, right? because he only scores 50 if there's normally there's 82 uh, games in a season. And if he's got, you know, three hat tricks, four hat tricks in a, in a, in a season, that's, that's a lot of games where he hasn't scored a goal. So in terms of consistency, nobody's really that consistent. So I kind of hate using that word because you can point to anybody in the NHL over a stretch of time and say, look, they weren't consistent here. Uh, and, and of course the media folks love to do that. You look at Sh- uh, Kers and Shangpang Pang and, and all those other guys, right? They'll, they'll give you the, Oh, the Sharks have been like one for, you know, 11 in their last, um, you know, 12 games or whatever it is. It's like, well, that definitely means that they were two for 11 the last 13 because you're omitting the one win that would make that look better. Um, So they're always trying to pull little things like that on you. But um, in terms of, again, consistency, I I hate to use that word and and judge people on it because everybody's inconsistent to some degree. It's just how or how often are you uh, inconsistent? That kind of sets you apart from everybody else, I guess. Um, I wanted to bring up a couple quotes that I heard during the game, both on the broadcast, uh, on on Twitter, social media, um, and then even our own uh, uh, Super Key Grip Joe that had something to say uh, in our Slack channel there. So Randy during the broadcast says, "Who says you need to make the nets bigger?" I thought that was hilarious. Uh, and then Joe uh, cl- chimed in. Maybe Joe wasn't watching the game; was only seeing the, the score updates. Uh, but he said, "So like, there there are goalies in this game, right?" <laughs> That <laughs> was great, and then Kurz had the tweet of the night. Um, this game deserves some overtime, or it deserves to be fired into the sun. Maybe both. <laughs> I thought those were great quotes. I just wanted to bring them up. Uh, let's see uh, anything in the uh, the chat here that that you saw, Marshall? That somebody uh, was talking about Dubnik here.
1: I uh, mean. I see Aaron Shoal, uh, our fearless, our fearless co-host, is uh, awake and doing not parenting apparently. Uh, <laughs> at 11, 11.30 at night. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll take it not from the chat, but I just say I think on balance, you know, I'll take the some of the positives out of this game. I thought the Sharks. Um, being uh, one, getting some offense going, uh, that they didn't have before a little bit more, uh, not balanced scoring. So it wasn't a bunch of people who put it in the back of the net, but more than, um, Cotur and Kane, uh, who certainly had a couple tonight as well. Uh, I thought the sort of being able to, even though they didn't come out with the W didn't come out with a point, uh, being able to rebound, um, from the you know one goal rope-a-dope they were doing with the blues uh i thought that was good and then even at the end of the game in the last three four minutes um there wasn't like heads hanging people were pushing people were trying to get you know the equalizer um so and everyone going after bennington as well as i some of the some of the mental you know things cues that i saw out there shows that the team sort of believed that they could have come out of the and probably should have come out on top of the game so you know i'll take that as some of the, I don't know, silver linings are uh, positive about it as opposed to just focusing on the fact they had seven uh, go in their net and didn't carry the carry the day.
0: Taking a page out of Malted and Montreal's playbook and looking at the brighter side of things, Marshall, I love where your head's at, buddy. Um, Sonic Tonic from downtown San Jose says, I forget it's been a while in terms of uh, when he, he found us, uh, and that just kind of shows uh, that we've got some longstanding fans. If you can't remember, uh, and we've just always been here for you. And we'll always be here for you, Sonic. Okay, buddy? Uh, And Jones should have gone in. That's what he thinks. Um, Then we've got Beaver versus Sean. Okay. Uh, Downtown San Jose. Been watching Fin Factor for a while. Nick made some great saves. But I agree with putting Jones in for the third. Fresh legs versus fresh legs on G, meaning goalie, uh, goaltending. Yeah, I think uh, that would have been interesting, having fresh legs on both because both of them were seeing uh, quite a few pucks. And the Sharks were out shooting the blues by a pretty good margin in the first period and uh, that probably wore Bennington down just a little bit and I think maybe just the mental side of it where uh, the Sharks were getting some goals that he he couldn't stop just because uh, you know again Gambrel was in the way that that Kane shot I'm not sure if there was a, uh, a screen on that one or not but that would frustrate anyone if you're a goaltender and if you do see that shot and it goes in on you I think you'd be pretty upset uh, and then we've got Uh, Mr. Sandpaper, he says uh, Dubnik isn't impressive, as I had hoped. Okay, Uh, do you think the Sharks will protect Jones or Dubnik during the Seattle expansion? Well, um, Mr. Sandpaper, they don't have to protect Dubnik because he's a UFA after this season. So they would only need to protect Martin Jones. uh, And that's it, actually. So, um, yeah, in terms of. Yeah, there you go. Aaron says uh, Dubnik is UFA after the season. So Aaron's on top of things. Uh, And then, of course, I got to go back to our buddy from uh, Ottawa, Malted in Montreal, who's very confused, by the way, Malted in Montreal, but he's an Ottawa fan and he's on a shark stream. I don't understand you, but I love you, my friend. Uh, he says he's a Sens fan, and he's just here to show his gratitude for rebuilding his team in one trade. Love you, Sharks. Hey, man, we love you too. Um, okay, so I think maybe <laughs> enough of those. Uh, Ballsters did good tonight. Aaron, thank you for chiming in on offense. Yes, he did pretty good on offense. You know, again, I see these younger guys, and I think, uh, you know, Marshall had said it too. This You saw them constantly working, constantly pushing. There was no give up in this game they were always chugging away at that puck and i love seeing that i guess maybe because the game was always within one goal or tied right uh one way or the other so it was always within reach it was not like they would you know down six to two uh, like they were against or five two i guess against the wild and just kind of like threw it out and said okay well whatever we'll just throw this game away no big deal now it was always within a goal or tied so you know they they uh, maybe that helped in terms of the effort level but i think you're absolutely right the effort level was there for a lot of guys um, maybe, you know, Ballster's trying too hard in the defensive zone and not doing well. Uh, We've heard Burnsy talk about that in a post game saying, you know, we're always out there trying. We take our jobs very seriously and we have a lot of pride in our job. Uh, and he did say job, this is their job, right? It's not just them playing a game. It's, it's what they do for work. So, um, you know, to see them going out there and a- always working hard. he said, sometimes it may look like we're, you know, taking the night off, but we're some- in those instances, usually we're, we're trying even harder, but we're just making mistakes because we're trying harder. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And then Sonic Tonic coming up with the eye roll. I think that might have been for the uh, Malton to Montreal. Hey, man, we're just friendly with everybody. That's how it is. So uh, you, you should know that already. Um, okay, so Sharks, again, do lose uh, in regulation for scoring six goals tonight. Uh, the Blues dominated in the face-off dots. Hurdle uh, absolutely missed there. We talked about that a little bit already. So uh, that's kind of the whole wrap on on this two games this week. It should have been three. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll take what we can get. And, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember now when the next set of games is, we got two more games that are coming up. I think these are actually back to back against the same opponent. Now I believe it's Colorado. Is it Colorado? Marshall? Do you know?
1: Uh, good question. I think it is Colorado. At least one of the next two. I don't know what the next one is exactly.
0: Yeah. I think uh, it was Colorado and then maybe Vegas. I could be wrong. Um, But, yeah, so whatever it is, whatever it is, of course, if you're not subscribed to this channel, uh, please go ahead and do so. I'm sure Super Producer Jason will put this banner up as if I meant to do it uh, right down here right now, anytime now. Now, Um, there it is. So there's the schedule. Thank you, Super Producer Jason. Yes, we play against Colorado twice, Monday, Wednesday. So if we're following the same uh, cadence, we will do a show on Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday, we'll do a show on saturday so we're basically we're doing a show after every kind of two game series the next week we'll just do another one on saturday because it's just a lone blues game there but uh basically what you're seeing is after every uh second game of a mini series we'll be back on so again um go ahead subscribe to us we don't hit you with a bunch of garbage uh we we only uh, send the notifications out when we're doing something like we have a live show or we have a, a video that we're putting out, which actually we haven't really put out any videos. We've just been doing live shows the whole time, which is fine with me, but uh, gives us the opportunity to talk to you guys and for Malted to come and clown a little bit, which is fine too. Um, so please, again, if you are not subscribed, do that, hit that notification bell so that when we do go live, you guys will know about it. And I think more importantly than hitting the like button, um, please share us with your friends. If you've got sharks fans that are, are like-minded like you and would enjoy content like this, have them come in and, and be part of the conversation and spark that with us. We'd love talking with you guys and I'm sure we'll love talking with your friends as well. So again, more than anything else, the, the subscription is awesome. Uh, but share us, get us out there, help us uh, promote our name a little bit and uh, you know, just basically help get the, the word out that we're still here. So uh, we'd appreciate that. And if you are interested in supporting the show, of course, you can visit the where we have hats, shirts, uh, stickers super producer jason is currently looking at possibly getting some other merch in there so if you are keeping a keen eye on that maybe you'll see some new stuff uh, hit the store sometime i don't know when but sometime in any case uh yeah there you go buy merch at the finfactor.com very cool you guys are great i'm going to sub thank you aaron scholl who's co-host of the show why aren't you subbed already Patrick, don't laugh. Don't pump Sonic. Don't laugh. Don't pump him up. He will take his head will be this big. It'll be off screen when he comes back on the show uh, in in a month or five. Uh, I think he's enjoying being a dad too much. But hey, we love having Marshall on the show. Again, the stunt double for Owen Nolan. You guys asked for him. You guys got him. Uh, What's the blue wrench for? Oh, he's a mod. That's what the blue wrench is. Uh, Let's see, Marshall. Any last. Yeah, he's a screw loose. Thank you very much. (laughs) Marshall, any last thoughts? On these last couple of games, uh, and and who knows, this might be the last appearance for a while. Maybe Aaron comes back. Anything you want to tell uh, all the community here? Uh, well, thanks for having me. First of all, uh, always appreciate my you know every
1: two year appearance cycle on uh, the lovely Fin Factor. And you mentioned all merch. Apparently, I got to work on uh, somebody who works at the Fin Factor. Get me a, a t shirt or something that has the, the brand on it because I am I, I don't have one. Uh, so we got we got we got to remedy that. Paul, come on.
0: Yeah. No, we do. Um, you can go to the store if you wanted to, but no, Hi. we can probably get you. We can get you one, but don't worry about it. Um, a couple more comments here. One, uh, Patrick Cabral says Hawks approved, and I'm pretty sure he's talking about you. Not he would not, know. He would. He would know. Other kind of Hawks. Uh, and then I want to say uh, Sonic Tonic says appreciate you guys. We appreciate you right back. And of course, uh, this is a guy who's absolutely been here for a while. Uh, Beaver versus Sean says Fin Factor Toasters. Mm. Mm. if you know about the toasters you've been here for a long time thanks beaver uh appreciate that okay we will hook marshall up with a with merch love it okay guys hey uh, i want to say thank you so much for tuning in i know it's tough uh to watch a team that's not playing well and then come on live stream and talk with us about a team that's not playing well Uh, But we do appreciate you guys popping in. A lot of you, again, who know about the toasters. uh, You guys have been here for a long time, and we appreciate you guys constantly coming and supporting us and constantly being a part of the conversation. Uh, Remember, I I would really love for you guys to reach out to, you know, your other Sharks fans, uh, your uh, Sharks family and friends, and kind of let them know about us and get them in on these live streams as well. Again, just more voices in the comments section. and We can uh, call out some more people. I think it'd be great. Uh, to have an even bigger conversation with, with you guys. So uh, having said all that, uh, for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Marshall. And man, he just came right in. I love it. He's part of the show now, Aaron. You're done. Uh, this has been episode number 105, and we will see you guys next week. Good, Good call next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at TheFinFactor and on Instagram at FinFactor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.